Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I really wanted to have a fresh start, you know, with each and every one of you. I know for some of us, it's going to take us more time than others. But the fact that we're all here tonight and um, and you all showed up. Thank you, Marisol, because I know <laughs> it's difficult for you. I'm actually surprised to see you here, Marisol. You didn't want to be here tonight. Alexia called me crying that Todd wasn't coming and said, I need you. Because I feel I'm here to also heal my best friend, but you are here to harm your best friend. Julia, you're saying weird I'm trying to harm Alexia. Alexia, please speak. Come on. Sometimes, you know, I feel like you have to fight your own battle. Right now, I really need you, my friend. ladies our miami girls are back and they're ready for prime time we have moved from peacock to bravo has the production gone down yes but has the quality changed no our girls are as good as ever so let's get into what season six of the real housewives of miami a franchise that i thought was like on complete flop territory and it was which is why it was gone for several years but man, what a turnaround. Congrats, ladies. Congrats. Let's get into this premiere, right? We had an extra long premiere for like BravoCon week or premiere week or whatever, but we're here. So we start with flashback from season five, the reunion. And Alexia tells us that after New York, there were things that she was happy about. And then there were also things that she said that she looked at and was like, I don't like what I see. So none of the girls are really in a great place or they're at least not in a great place with her. So she needs to get the girls together. And if anybody can do it, allegedly it's Alexia. So we see the ladies streaming into her Nuevas Horizontes party where everybody's screaming. And then we flash back to one week earlier. 
So Alexia and Todd are walking on the beach. And I guess Alexia is like officially like secured her crown as the queen of Miami. Like the mojito crown is is tightly on her blonde head. Um, I never really thought of Alexia as like the HBIC of Miami. They really, <clears throat> excuse me, are more of a uh, an ensemble cast than a lot of them. But I guess I guess that's where we are now. Queen Alexia. So she and Todd are walking on the beach and Todd's like talking about his kids and how they're going to college and how he and Alexia are now entering into a new phase in their life. Alexia says that, you know, she doesn't feel like newlyweds to Todd. Yeah, yeah, they got married on that boat last year, but they've been together for seven years. So it's been a process, but like they know that they're super in love and they want to grow old together. So Alexia tells Todd that she's done a lot of self-reflection and references this video apology video that Todd made for Anthony so Todd you know they went back and forth about Anthony's job and him being like some sort of crack lawyer or whatever but he had to sit there at his desk and recorded a nine minute nine minute apology like it's giving toxic gossip train like what the hell's going on here Todd that's a lot Alexia says in a confessional, she had no idea that Todd was going to be doing this on social media. And probably had he told her, she would have told him not to, not because she didn't want him to apologize to Anthony, but because she probably wouldn't have done it so, you know, publicly. And this gets me, this is something that I think about so often now. She had to have gotten the ick from that, right? I've been thinking about this since Angie H her husband last year, like that Jen Shaw exposed account that he went on and then had to admit that he was the one who did that one comment about Lisa Barlow, even though it was a Jen Shaw exposed username, um, to like go off on everybody. Right. So I just like wonder what specifically like women in heterosexual relationships with men, marriages, long-term partnerships, whatever, what do you do when you're in a position where your man just does something really embarrassing, but not so much that you can divorce him? You know, <laughs> like, like to me, I'd be like, baby, I'll get you on the lift money to the lawyers. No problem. I got you. But like, I think Alexia is like, she's too far in. She's been with this man like seven, eight years now. And she can't be like, oh my God, it is so that he made a nine minute apology to one of my cast members husbands over something that he was already embarrassing about and now he's just gone from worse to worser i like what do you do how do you like shake that off because i don't know if i could do it because <laughs> let's me not forget todd was talking big shit about anthony like he was really billy big balls about this <laughs> for now the turn the table in this way is just so like yeah, but also funny to me. And he probably, like, given what we saw in the trailer, maybe he's being nice to Anthony because, like, he's going to have to ask him for a loan later. But we won't get into that. So Todd tells Alexia that he doesn't want to talk at anymore, talk about that anymore because that ship has sailed. And it's like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, after nine minutes, what more could you possibly have to say? So Alexia tells Todd that she's going to be inviting the ladies over. They're going to bring their husbands or boyfriends, whatever. It's just going to be like a mea couple. Everybody can forget about the past. Just live in the moment. Because she wants to be on good footing with all the girls. And then Alexia says, you need to make sure you're there. And he's like, oh, I will. Like, just tell me where. 
I'll not even busy for the next couple of weeks. Like I'll definitely, definitely be there. This will not be a problem once these mic packs go off. I can guarantee you that. Speaking of uh, people who I notice really like to have their mic packs on, uh, Lisa and Larsa go on this really nice yacht, probably called the USS Rebound because their boyfriends are there. Jody, Lisa's boyfriend, Jody, and, and Marcus Jordan, Larsa's young little filly. Larsa tells us that she and Marcus have been together for like 10 months dating. They started off as friends, you know, things evolved into more i guess and you know it wasn't like a situation of like let's set the internet on fire <laughs> i missed larsa's complete over exaggeration of her life like she's acting like she broke the fucking internet and the only headlines that we saw pop up were like from the daily mail it was only like two of them and they really like had to stack them to make it seem like it was tons of articles talking about marcus and larsa and it wasn't it was just two. I would say it wasn't like setting the internet on fire. It was like, you know, when you have the little, just a little wisp of gas left in your, in your lighter, just like a little, just enough of a vapor to make a spark. And you get the edge of a piece of paper because you're trying to like get a fire going, but then the, the little bit of fire that gets on the paper goes out within like three seconds. Like that's probably what more of what that was like. So a producer asked Larsa, you know, there has been some gossip about your relationship. How does Marcus feel about that? And Larsa says, I think that Marcus knew what he was signing up for. Like, also, he knew that being with me isn't going to be easy, which is about maybe the most honest thing that I've ever heard Larsa say. Uh, yeah, I, I think he absolutely knew what he was signing up for. And that's why he's in a relationship with you, Larsa. You're almost there. You'll find it. Then she says, I don't really focus on the haters. And it's like, okay, these are just people who are mostly concerned about the age gap. It's not really like being a hater. It's more like they thought that you knew him when he was a child and you were an adult. And now you're in a relationship with him now. That was the concern. Are we haters? Or are we, you know, mandated reporters? I don't know. So then she goes, you know, I just feel like the people who are in my life and Marcus's life are happy for us, which is a very interesting thing to say, knowing that one of the bigger headlines about their relationship, all all three of them, um, were mostly about how Michael got caught outside of like wherever the hell. And they paparazzi was asking how he felt about Larsa and Marcus, and he was like <laughs> laughing and then i think they asked him again he's like no i i don't support that confirmed and then he laughed again that was the biggest headline and that had nothing to do with y'all but i wouldn't have said that like you know the people who support us are you know that's it well it's like it sounds like nobody supports you so it's like you're on a, an island all year round anyway then lisa and larsa talk about how lisa still has her wedding ring lisa her behavior <laughs> is iconic i guess i i don't quite know i don't quite know how i feel about it like the way she's able to have this man and i don't want to be like um you know 60 400 dinner twitter about this and be, be like the respectability politics between like what a man should accept from a woman but I do think it's very wild that it seems very clear that a strong dynamic of Jody and Lisa's relationship is the fact that she is constantly talking about Lenny 
and the divorce and like why she's not getting the money that she feels like she's owed so she's talking about how like with larsa about how she still has her wedding ring and jody's like yeah i don't i don't like her wearing that (laughs) i don't like that so lisa tells her oh well i gotta resize for my middle finger so you know i can do this and then she puts her middle finger up right so it's been almost a year since she and lenny and uh you know page six have been talking about their divorce it still hasn't happened yet it's getting uglier by the day which is wild because (laughs) was wasn't cute to begin with girl and lisa says that the reason why it's getting uglier by the day is because lisa's contesting the prenup girl and she's like yeah a lot of people sign them and they just go along with it but a lot of things have happened in the last 15 years okay should i have been smarter yeah but it's like haven't I been hurt enough and humiliated in front of the world? Then <laughs> she goes, one good thing that has come out of this, though, is Jody. Like, he's such an incredible person. So they're at the table, like, having their little catered lunch. And Lars is asking Jody, do you ever get sick of talking about Lenny? And he's like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a, like a lot. Yeah, you know, but anybody, you know, like, what kind of guy would I be if you couldn't be supportive of your girls going through something like that? But it's like... <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I mean, most people don't date people who are in the midst of a very public, nasty, tabloid-style, mudslinging divorce. Like, most people just don't do that. And I'm not saying that Lisa doesn't deserve love, but I do think that, like, and this is Jody's choice. Like, you know, he's he's the one walking in Lenny's house every day, giving Lisa pep talks while she looks at her old things and the memories and probably talks about his fiance god knows how you know but then he's like you know i i look forward to the day where it's not a conversation you know i'm hoping that's today is it today Lisa? no okay so lisa says in a confessional she's really been leaning on jody like maybe a little too much but she's like you know what he's been through a divorce he's from canada you know and i tell him all the time you're getting the worst of me right now you know so i always tell him just wait just hold up and wait because if you like me now you're gonna love me when i'm done with this so like 30 percent of me wants to be like jody i don't know maybe just like pump the brakes here before until ink dries on these contracts but also i'm like lisa it's very funny to me that you have this man just like completely wrapped around your finger also um can we just like have a quick i'm I'm gonna be mean can we mean for like five 35 seconds just let me be mean for like 35 seconds i feel like you know when i saw pictures of jody online it kind of reminded me of dolores's boyfriend paul and that the pictures that we saw on instagram seem like like an like an artist interpretation compared to what we saw on tv and that's just all i'm gonna say that wasn't even 35 seconds i'm proud of myself so let's move on to dr nicole who actually just announced that she and anthony are expecting baby number two they had a very cute people exclusive announcement which people was doling out the checks to those bravo lebs this week because it was like dr nicole and jasmine from summer house martha's vineyard and i guess it was just those two but it was like within an hour of each other that they were announced and it just felt like a lot but congratulations congratulations to those two because i do believe that this is going to be part of their storyline of people being like why aren't you guys getting married when are you gonna have baby number two isn't her dad having a child did he not tell her that 
So her, her new kid's going to be younger than her siblings. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, anyway. So then they're like, Nicole and Anthony are walking around their uh, $21 million house right on the water. They're looking to, uh, you know, give it a little facelift before they go on in there. <sighs> Here's my thing that I can't wrap my mind around. Like, first of all, make no mistake. Never in my life am I going to be able to afford a $21 million house. So it's like anything that I say after this is just like, who cares? You know, the, what are they going to do? Like be mad at me from the $20 million, $20 million house. But my point, the, if you look at the lot, they're like, wow, this is, I, we bought this because of the, the yard, which is a gorgeous yard. But if you just look to your left, babe, I just feel like if you can play soup can telephone with your neighbor, $21 million. I just can't wrap my mind around that. And this is why I'm always so confused and fascinated watching Selling Sunset. Because they're like, yeah, this is like $50 million. And here it is, like, very precariously on a cliff. (laughs) That is, like, surely not going to withstand, like, a 6.5 or whatever terrifying quakes are in Los Angeles' future. But then it's like, you can just see over, like, I could look into your you could look into your neighbor's home and i'm just wondering what am i spending this money on and then they're like oh this lot i mean they didn't say this but they say this a lot in in selling sunset this lot is on a staggering 0.37 acres (laughs) like excuse me what for 45 million dollars like what it just does not make sense to me. But they say this is like a 10,500 square feet, major money, 15 car garage, like crazy, crazy piece of property. Beautiful. I just don't get it. Like, I'd just rather have space away from people than space in my house. Because it's like, what's $21 million if, if they can still hear me fucking, you know? I might as well just live in an apartment. But like that being said, universe, if you want to show me what it looks like to have to have the the issue of living in a twenty million dollar house with a neighbor that's too close to you, let me know. I'll I'll do the research. No problem. No problem on that. Anyway, Gertie and Nicole check in on who like what they're up to, what's going on, who they've spoken to, just like all the tea because Gertie stops by and. <clears throat> You know, they're always talking about, like, what happened after New York, after the reunion, right? Nicole says that she actually had a conversation with Larsa after they got back from New York, and they agreed that they both said things that weren't nice, which, like, good on you, Nicole, for saying that, because I don't, I can't really remember what she said that was so terrible. But anyway, Gertie says she's not in a good place with Larsa right now, which brings us back to Larsa, who's telling Lisa about how she feels about Gertie. She's like, I don't know what's going on with her. Cause like, I've been nothing but nice to her. And she tells Lisa that Gertie told everybody on like some media appearance that Larsa was the fakest one in the group. And she goes, you know me, Lisa, is there anything fake about me? No. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> sure. Okay. Because you've already established that you're not going to tell the truth about your ass. So, I mean, even without that, there's still some other things, but never. Okay, sure. Sure. You're, you're not the fakest one. Then Gertie tells Nicole that she's basically got bigger fish to fry. She's, like, not focused on the drama of Larsa or whatever. So Nicole's like, that's weird, because you're usually laser-focused about everything. So what's going on, girl? So Gertie tells her that she'd gone to her doctor. Her doctor suggested that she get a biopsy, and that she's, like, really worried waiting on the results. But Nicole's like, girl, you could be having your period. You know, the density could change in your breasts. Like, there are so many different things that could be going on that have nothing to do with the worst case scenario. So don't even let your mind go there. Then we go over to Martina and Julia's fun house. Whatever the hell's going on there. Julia's trying to make a hole for the diaper for Elvis the goat's tail to fit through. And there's a whole back and forth between she and Martina as to, you know, maybe the fact that a goat doesn't need a diaper. But Julia's logic is that, they make them for dogs and it's basically the same size as a goat. So what's the difference? (laughs) Anyway, they go nowhere with the diaper except for Elvis ends up with it around his uh, belly, like a fanny pack, just shooting turds out of his ass, like quarter candy machine. Like what's going on here (laughs) in the kitchen, just right on the kitchen floor, just letting the chopper spray. Or just little pellets. Gross. And then Julia's like, oh, ha, ha, let me scoop them up. She's like scooping them up like fucking hungry, hungry hippos, little pellets. <laughs> pellets on the floor. And be like, oh, well, uh, darling, let me make you some soup. No, ma'am. No. At this point, I'm good. Like, you just, you have goat shit on your hands. Or the essence of it. Like, I don't really want chicken soup anymore. I'm good. Fortunately, this is not for me. Martina actually really needs it because she has lost 20 pounds in, um, you know, the fight for her life with her double cancer diagnosis, which she has beaten. So now Julia and she are just like living in the moment, right? Right before Martina's uh, diagnosis, they were having issues. Julia was going on and on about dinner for three and how depressing that was and how her daughters were getting older and she didn't want to do life without them and was trying to pressure Martina into adopting another child. Like, they're not doing that anymore. She's had, like, a kind of a reset with the health scare and now they're, like, onward and upward, right? Julia tries to tell Martina about how she's trying to test the waters with Alexia because Alexia, you know, apologized to her at the reunion backstage and how after that, Alexia has been very consistent. She's been checking on Martina 
and like being a really good friend, but like we can't even hear this conversation because Elva is just like ah, ah, just like bleating right next to Martina, who's like I can't I can't hear you. Can can the, can the goat go outside? And Julia's like no. <laughs> like it's a preposterous idea that a goat be outside and not just shitting all over your kitchen floor, girl. What's going on here? <laughs> then we have to go back to Lisa. She's sitting in, she and Lenny's old house, doing her makeup for her first deposition with Lenny's lawyer, right? Jody's by her side, giving her a pep talk and, like, warning you, hey, they're going to try to make you emotional. They're going to try to make you cry. Like, it's giving hired help, except she is not paying him. And I'm guessing they're hooking up. It just seems very weird to, like, say goodbye, kiss your girlfriend goodbye while she goes to... <laughs> to like figure out her do her deposition with her husband's lawyer and then you're closing the door to their former home and then what do you do you just look around like all right well because you know lenny's got a ring camera hidden somewhere and he's just watching you know he does it's got to feel so weird (laughs) and again i'm not saying that people in the midst of a divorce can't be in a relationship i'm just saying this situation is so messy And Lisa and Lenny have no desire to not be very petty with each other. That it just feels like a lot. (laughs) Like, go to page6.com and just look up Lenny Hochstein and see how many headlines come up just from the past 14 weeks alone. You don't even have to go back a year to their divorce. But it's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. And I have my same question for Lenny's now. What Are they married yet? fiance did they get married i feel like they got married no are they divorced Um, whatever i don't care about lenny his fiance at least um i also wonder like why does lenny want to keep this house why does she want to live in this house why does anybody in this who was previously married to lisa or lenny want to continue to live in this home it just feels like a house of horrors and like the juju and the bad there's not enough sage in the world to continue a new relationship in that old marriage relationship. That's weird to me. Get a new house. Why are they fighting over this house? And that's why I think Lenny doesn't have money. Because why are you fighting so badly for this house? Just get a new one. Just get a new one. Then we see who I think is the real queen of the real houses in Miami. Kiki. With Alexia and Marisol. They're all meeting up for drinks. And they do a cheers to friendship and cockies and cocks for Kiki. And Kiki's like, yes, many cocks and big feet. I'm dating. Why not? And they look horrified. But she's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> in a confessional, Kiki says, you can never have too many cocks. Especially when you're a single and in Miami. Like, I'm always going to try different cocks. Why not? Why not? Then she starts to talk about how horny she was and how it really got to a point of concern. Uh, the six vibrators and, and um, putting one on each nipple at a time. It, it just seemed like a lot. She was happy. So I'm happy. She likes it. I love it, you know. Alexia tells them that she feels like enough time has gone by and she's spoken to Todd and, you know, she's going to have this get together, right? So Kiki is like, cool. Like, because she explains it's a New Horizons party, like a start fresh, whatever. So Kiki's like, all right, well, does that mean that Adriana's invited? And Alexia's like, truthfully, I'm just really not there with her yet. But Alexia says in a confessional, I'm willing to forgive and forget, or I was. But then after the reunion, 
Adriana went on some kind of press tour saying that Alexia made transphobic comments and that she is refusing to accept her apology and just figures that Adriana doesn't want to be in her house. So Kiki suggests, I think if we're going to do this New Horizons thing, everybody should start fresh. Give everybody a new chance. But Marisol's like, no, not with not with Adriana. Not going to do it. She cut me bad. She cut me bad with that stuff about my ex hitting her up and, you know, saying that he was never in love with her. And, like, I would be pissed if I was Marisol. I'm not saying she doesn't have the right to be pissed. I don't know if this is, like, fuck you forever. Because, like, who cares? (laughs) Who cares about that man? Like, she's in a new relationship and she's happy with Steve, I guess. Or Steve, Steve shows up. He's there. And I just... I don't know if this is, like, compared to uh, what she said with Alexia and and her son, like, I I don't know. (laughs) And then she talks about how, instead of trying to make things better, Adriana just wrote that letter on behalf of Marisol's liver, (laughs) which was so funny. It was very funny, like, corny, but very funny. And how she basically just keeps making things worse. So Marisol tells Kiki and Alexia, I'm super loyal, I'm a great friend, but when you break my trust, it's done forever. Then we go back to Lisa, who's finishing with her deposition. She's got her, you know, like business, serious woman, skinny pants on. And, you know, it's just a lot. Right. And she tells us that it was like a grueling and long process and that they probably could have settled earlier. And had they, they probably wouldn't be here. And it's like, well, you did settle earlier when you signed the prenup. And I'm not saying don't take that man's money, but you're, you're in this situation because of you. (laughs) You contested what is, I'm assuming, an ironclad prenup. So that's why you're here. You don't have to act like this. I don't want to give Lenny credit. But, like, we got to be transparent here. So she's sitting in the back of this Rolls Royce that's got all the shields up so nobody can see. She's got her driver on the phone with Jody talking about how they need to stop spending all this money because all this money could be going to her and, and the kids. <laughs> and how the lawyers end up winning at the end of the day with all this money being spent. It's like, I I don't think you're... Okay, girl. So then Lisa says in a confessional, when does the fighting end? How long am I going to have to chase him down for what he owes me? And then he happens to call while she's in the middle of filming a confessional. And we don't hear the entire conversation, but we do hear Lisa saying, can you please Venmo me those things? Well, can you just do it? You got to do it. And then she just hangs up on him. <laughs> You see what I mean? Like, you might need to be single, girl. <laughs> Quiet as it's kept. We all, like, feel like Lenny and, and Lisa have probably fucked at some point during this, right? Right? It feels like it. Like, they like to play too much for there to not be, like, that weird sexual tension that people have. I think they've smashed at some point in this year. I, I would think so. But let me not put that visual in your mind. Too bad, right? So... <laughs> Going over to Alexia and Julia, they actually meet up for drinks. And why did... I felt like the camera people wanted to point out that Alexia had brought a rainbow-colored Chanel purse for the occasion. Because you know how she and Julia had that weird conversation where she told Julia that, like, she does more for the community than (laughs) Julia does? And I... You guys remember that? That was so weird. (laughs) She's an ally. 
She's an ally. So Julia thanks her for checking in on Martina. And then they get to gossiping. She's like, did you hear what Cardi B said about Larsa? And then a headline pops up saying, Cardi B blasts Larsa Pippen over claims that she had sex four times a day. Because she remember she said that she and Scotty were fucking four times a day when she was married. And then it says, bitch, stitch your pussy up. (laughs) And I would just like to reflect because I'm a journalist that I did my research and the exact quote, I mean, she really went on for quite a bit, but the exact quote here is, that's not a flex. Go stitch your pussy up. Your man is sick. (laughs) So Alexia says, well, if Cardi B is not having sex four times a day, I don't really think Larsa is. So then they start talking about how when she met Todd, she was always talking about sex and dicks and how Todd was like, I have never met a woman who talked as much about dicks as you did. And they really start bonding, Alexia and Julia. And, you know, she, it's interesting, right? Alexia and I think Julia are very similar in the sense that clearly their alliances with you know, Alexia with Marisol, Julia with Adriana have kept Alexia and Julia from being friends when they actually really like each other. Neither of them want to admit that their friend was probably inhibiting this, but both of them are realizing things about both Adriana and Marisol this episode. So Alexia tells Julia about her New Horizons party and she asks her, okay, well, is Adriana invited? And Alexia's like, well, because of Marisol, I just maybe don't think it's a very good idea. So Julia very gently is like, I think maybe I want you to look outside of this situation because I feel like you're holding a party about New Horizons and that's great, but then you're singling out one person and not inviting them. And I just feel like I understand that you and Marisol are great friends, but I just don't know. I don't know. So she says in a confessional that she feels like Marisol's emotionally blackmailing Alexia and just making her have to choose because she's a bad person and basically how making her have to choose is just setting Alexia up for failure. So Alexia says, I just don't really trust how it's going to go. I don't want that in my home. Love and peace. Like, I'm just going to promise to try to be there. And then they set up a conversation between Alexia and Adriana, which happens 24 hours later (laughs) where (laughs) Alexia is sitting there in an all white outfit with like her uh, page boy hat on hilarious she and Teresa are truly like I don't know how it's weird like has all of Bravo been a a, a force to maybe oh maybe the psychic that Melissa saw who told her that there's another daughter in the family maybe it's Alexia with Teresa like maybe no no may he rest god bless him had a hot night in Miami one night and, you know, something to think about. But, like, at this point, it's uncanny. Like, it's practically giving sister sister. <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> With the, the hats included. So, anyway, it, uh, Adriana pulls up. With, <laughs> we're in a denim jumpsuit with a peace sign on one titty and a heart on the other. With a dead ass with a white flag. And Alexia goes, what is that? And Adriana says, you know, you know when you when people are in war, they have to wave the white flag. Alexia goes, I've never been in a war. And Adriana goes, well, I mean, historically. 
And so Alexia goes, why do you always have to show up with a prop? Do you think that makes things better? <laughs> and see, in that moment, I already love her and, and Marisol, or I love Alexia and Adriana way more than Adriana, Alexia and Marisol. <laughs> Just a lot. So Alexia tells her, like, she really honestly wasn't even ready to meet her, but she's trying to make the effort and, like, how after New York, you know, again, she went on that press tour bashing Alexia, but Adriana's like, yeah, but I only said that after you went on Instagram naming me, which technically she didn't. It was a major subtweet. We all know who she was referring to, but it was basically a very long Instagram caption that I couldn't read, but part of it says... For anyone to use Frankie's accident to compare or to, like, quote-unquote, connect their level of pain and suffering to what Frankie endured is wrong, especially when referring to a, all caps, fake injury. <laughs> so Alexia goes, okay, well, was your injury authentic? And Adriana says, yes, it was. And Alexia goes, are you really going to compare bruise to my son's traumatic brain injury? So Adriana says, I wasn't comparing, which you were, Adriana you were and she's like listen i wasn't here to add insult to injury 13 years we've known each other i've never said anything to hurt you but alexia goes yeah but in the last few months you've said a few things and then the topic of conversation switches to terry and how alexia you know didn't scroll all the way down to the website to miamidade.gov to see that terry was in fact divorced and spread that rumor about him actually being married and with this being a fake relationship so alexia is like honestly adriana i don't know why you thought i was trying to start something or make you look bad which is like girl <laughs> what were you trying to do but then she says you know he showed up to nicole's engagement party to disrespect me and had he not handled it that way maybe i wouldn't have gone so hard but you were already went hella hard way before which is why he showed up to that engagement party with his papers that you didn't even look at said you were going to wipe your ass with them and then threw them down at, at a table so <laughs> so adriana says yeah i mean honestly i didn't really love the way he handled it i didn't really love the way he spoke to you that day which i agree with and alexia goes thank you i helped you then thank you for seeing the good instead of the bad that's progress <laughs> now girl i'm not about to give you kudos <laughs> Because you were just like, no, we're not doing that, Alexia. I'm, no, girl. So after that, they both apologize to each other. And Adriana says, you know, when I hurt you, it hurts me. Even if it's like an inadvertent kind of hurt situation, right? Alexia invites Adriana to the party. But then she says in a confessional, I don't know how Marisol's going to feel about that, but we're going to worry about that later. So cut to two days later where Alexia and Marisol are in on FaceTime with each other, both doing glam before this party. And Alexia's like, hey, you know, I talk to you about everything usually, but it's so weird. Um, I didn't really get to tell you what I talked to Adriana about. So um, she's coming. And so Marisol's like, Ugh. I don't want to deal with this, but Alexia's like, well, I really need you there because Todd isn't going to be here. And then she starts bursting out in tears. So Marisol keeps asking her why, what's going on? And Alexia says that he told her, Todd told her that he didn't want to be put in an uncomfortable situation because people were going to be talking about his apology video. And he doesn't want to be the topic of conversation when it was just between them, he and Anthony. 
Sir, you posted it on Instagram, but now you don't want to talk about it anymore because you know how embarrassing it is because people probably flamed your ass to high heavens for that video. (laughs) So Alexia tells Marisol that when Todd told her that, first she was in shock, but now she's just like wants to cry and like how she thought things were fine. But then he was telling her like, none of those people are your friends. None of those people are my friends. What happened to the first scene when you were like, yeah, come on, come all. Everybody bring a pal. We're going to have big fun over at our house. Nuevas horizontes. No? But now nobody's your friend. It's giving... It's giving Sir had a line and went into a rage. Maybe something ended up up his nose and he just started fucking spiraling. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like coke rage. (laughs) allegedly (laughs) but anyway alexia is able to emotionally manipulate marisol by telling her not to make things worse by not showing up and marisol's like well maybe i may or may not i'm starting to get anxiety i gotta go bye click (laughs) so meanwhile in the car on the way there it's like kiki adriana and julia riding together kiki asks adriana what happened with her talk with alexia and she's like you know i'm really happy we were able to move forward but at the same time I kind of feel like Alexia just judges me. Like, I'm up here, you're down there, Kelly Ben Simone style. But, like, what would Alexia be without Todd? Because his material things are what enable Alexia into feeling like she's better than some of us because she's in, like, what, like a higher financial situation? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And Adriana, this is where, like, I gotta hop off your bus. Like, you gotta let that hurt go. Even if you genuinely believe it's true. And I'm sure Alexia has probably said a couple of shitty things that make Adriana feel some type of way. But I think, unfortunately, in these situations, when you just keep harping on about how um, this kind of thing, with really not a whole lot of evidence, you just sound like a loser unfortunately just kind of sound like a hater and a loser because kiki and julia's reactions were like i don't know i don't really think that's true and julia says in a confessional that she's actually kind of annoyed that adriana would say that because she herself is trying to rebuild a friendship with alexia and adriana just kind of reverted to the past when she's trying to move forward so kiki says well Y'all spoke. It just kind of seemed like Alexia was willing to make baby steps. But Marisol said that, like, you know, if Adriana was there, she wouldn't really willing to be wouldn't be willing to be there, which is like immature. 
So then we get to the party. Marcus shows up. Larissa and Marcus show up first because they were probably waiting up in the parking lot <laughs> for the call time. Marcus is wearing, I don't know what time this is in the year. You never really can tell in Miami. It's just a lot of bright colors and you never know if it's like January or, or August, but which is great. I love the fashions, but Marcus wearing a, I think a velvet jacket and what appeared to be Taylor Swift's reputation album cover, but like in a turtleneck form as a top. I'm already going to call it that we didn't really hear Marcus talk a lot, but I do think that he's a chatty patty. Like, I just really feel like he's ready for the camera and he just seems very excited in a way that I feel like Larsa went in on uh, Anthony for being. And I'm wondering if the turns are going to table on that one. I hope they are. Like, he was so happy to tell Lisa, oh, girl, we were at Star Island at a restaurant. We saw Lenny. He moved tables as soon as we saw us. He left. One said that he left, and then the other one said that he moved tables. So, you know, maybe these two are a match made in heaven. Then we find out that Adriana's old house is actually now owned by Lisa's man, Jody, the house that she had with Frederick when they were married. (laughs) Adriana says in a confessional, you know, I had some pretty good sex in that house. And Lisa's probably looking up at the same ceiling I was saying, yes, honey, more, more. (laughs) Ugh, Frederick? No. Then they start talking about how Gertie called Larsa the fakest, right? And they're like, all like, what was that? Or Larsa really is like, what was that about? And everybody's like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Probably because you are. Right as Gertie's walking in. So she, Gertie says hi to Marcus and Larsa and Larsa starts like, getting her laser focused on Gertie, right? So while Gertie's just making small talk with Julia and Alexia, Larsa walks up and goes, wait, I'm so confused. Why did you call me fake? What was, how is that being fake to you? <laughs> like, why do you, she was not even in this conversation. Right. Wait, wait, sorry. What, why did you call me fake? Gertie? Why did you do that? <laughs> Larsa is hilarious. Okay. She's one of the greatest comedians of our time. She doesn't know it, but she's so funny. <laughs> So Gertie's like, listen, I just felt like that's how you were being with me. So Larsa is like, well, what's your proof? What's your proof? And Gertie says in a confessional, I thought Larsa was my friend, but then she said stuff like, I need to put a muzzle on it when talking about Lisa's divorce. Because like, what? I can't have an opinion. And then at the reunion, Gertie and uh, uh, Adriana or Alexia were trying to get into it. And Larsa was being totally like team Alexia against Gertie. And she's like, you know, I just feel like the way you treat me is not like friend, like the friendship's not jumping out. So Larsa's like, I never said anything about you. I never said anything about you. I never said anything, you know, just very typical Larsa. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No. (laughs) And so Gertie snaps. She's like, I I cannot do this. I got to go. If you're not going to listen to me, which Larsa's like, why would I listen to you? And it's like, well, because you asked her a question. You asked her why she thought you were fake. So that would require you to listen to her answer. So Gertie's like, I can't do this. And she walks away. Larsa says in a confessional that she just feels like Gertie said that as a way to get press, which girl, <laughs> again, you're not, Never mind. I imagine that when you have Google alerts with your name and your boyfriend's name and your ex-husband's name, and probably the, you know, your boyfriend's dad's name on your phone. It probably does seem like there's a lot of um, a news about you. But for those of us who don't have those settings, 
It's not giving. So anyway, then Marisol shows up with Steve. Julia says she's actually surprised because, you know, she was talking about how she did not want to be in the same room as Adriana. And she thinks that, honestly, Marisol's the one in the group who likes to stir the pot and hide her hands, which finally we're getting here. Julia is an interesting character because I... And I think a lot of this has to do with her friendship with Adriana. Don't really care for her. But I also think she sees things that a lot of people see, or at least she'll vocalize them. And she'll rock the boat in a way that the other ladies won't. And I do appreciate that. Marisol says in a confessional that she doesn't want to be there with Adriana, but she's doing it for, you know, bro, for brolexia. But let's be real here. Marisol is never going to skip filming. There's not a person on this cast that she hates more than to give up a check. You know, she knows she doesn't hold a mojito. She's still a friend of. She's not going to risk that. There's no job security in this for her. So let's be real. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're doing it for for Alexia, but you weren't going to miss this. You weren't going to miss it anyway. You just wanted to see if it was work, and it didn't. So there you have to be all coming here all shitty. Sorry. So suddenly everybody's asking, where is Todd? They're like looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> where, where'd he go? Where is he? But then um, Alexia's telling Marisol off to the side, like she's really in shock, doesn't know what to say. So then she does a speech about how, you know, last time we all saw each other, things got heated. And I'm just hoping that we can appreciate each other for the strong, beautiful, smart women that we are. Everybody's wondering, where's Todd? And so am I. But don't worry, guys, we're not getting a divorce. He was just feeling some kind type of way. And he's like, you know, Anthony, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable because he's not here. And Anthony's like, no, no, no. Like, it's it's appreciated. So... Alexia says that she just wants to have a fresh start with everybody and that she's actually surprised that Marisol's here. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Julia does not give one fuck. She goes, I'm actually surprised to see you here, Marisol. You didn't want to be here tonight. So Marisol says, well, Alexia called me crying because Todd wasn't going to be here. So then Julia says to Marisol, you're there to harm your best friend, my best friend, right? But Marisol goes, Julia, you're saying some weird shit right now. I'm trying to harm Alexia. Alexia, please speak. Come on. Like, speak up for me. Settle this. <laughs> Alexia is sitting there. Just sitting there. And she says in a confessional, sometimes I feel like you got to fight your own battles, right? But Marisol says, sometimes I need you, my friend. Julia continues to tell Marisol that she's selfish and selfish to put Alexia in a position where she has to choose and how she's just crawling back because now everybody's over the drama over the drama that she's caused but marisol keeps yelling about how like this is my best friend's house i'm invited here before anybody so anthony gets up he's like i gotta go to the bathroom i i think that i'm i'm gonna just gonna go to the bathroom and then marcus jordan gets up while julia is saying that marisol is a problem in the group steve <laughs> steve we don't see steve say shit he's his wife is being called a problem an issue <laughs> Even Steve's like, I'm I'm gonna get up. Like he didn't even say to support her. Like, I'm gonna have one of Todd's cigars in the back with the boys. See ya. 
So at this point, Julia is calling Marisol a devious, devious woman. And suddenly Gertie gets up and he's yelling at all of them. Like, stop it. Like, you guys want to thrive in this disgusting environment? Is this what you guys like? Like, let's move forward. Like, she's not trying to hear anything. She's over it. So Alexia tells Marisol, I have had my individual moments with everybody. Like, I've settled all my beefs. All my fires have been quenched. Like, you're on your own, girl. And I suggest you do the same. But Marisol says, well, you could have said something to stick up for me. So the guys go out on the balcony. But Gertie, because she's so sick of everybody else, goes out to the outdoor bar. So she's standing there by herself and Russell, her husband, notices her. So he goes up to her and she's like, I just can't do this stupid noise, right? Like, he's like, do you want to leave? She's like, yes, I want to leave. But like everybody at this point is heading out the door. But Nicole stops Gertie and says, something's really wrong with you. Like, I can kind of see it on your face. But Gertie's trying to be like, no, no, no. Like, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And then Larsa comes up and tells Gertie, like, I've been nothing but nice to you, Gertie. And, like, we never had issues. So Gertie takes Larsa's hand and takes her, like, to the side and says, stop it. Look at me. And Larsa's like, wait, why are you crying? And Gertie says, I'm going to need you. Are you listening to me? And Larsa's like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm cool. She's, like, totally confused. Not like she usually is. And Gertie's like, don't ask me anything. When I ask you to come for me, be there. And Larsa's like, yeah, I got it. But then she says in a confessional, Gertie went from calling me fake to saying I needed to be there for her. Like, what's going on? And then we kind of get everybody's reaction because they're hearing Gertie. And obviously they're seeing she's being very off today. Lisa's like, what's going on? Like, is everybody getting divorced? (laughs) What's happening? Alexia says, I'm noticing something's bothering her, but I don't know what it is. And Julia's like, yeah, I'm feeling the energy. I just want to know what happens. What's happening? So then we rewind to the day before. Y'all, this made my heart drop. Like, still thinking about it, I have the chills. <laughs> it made me so sad. Gertie and Russell and the boys are at the park. It's like a beautiful, sunny, perfect day in Miami. They're having a picnic. The boys are out playing. And she's at a picnic table with Russell. And she's like, I can't believe this. I can't believe that I set this up and now we get this stupid news. I don't even know what to tell you. It's like the Twilight Zone over here. Like, Russell's not saying anything. And she kind of says, the doctor called me. And I was like, here's the phone to Russell. He'll handle it. And I just kind of did my makeup and I blanked out. Just pretending like everything's fine. And then she says, like, they didn't think it was going to be anything. And now it's going to be this, like, I'm going to have to have this invasive surgery. And then she tells Russell... I don't even want to say the word cancer. Like, I don't even want to say it. Don't even say the C word. Nothing. Nothing. And it's just like, oh, it just made me so sad. Gertie! I want Gertie to be well. I really do. Like, I can't. Okay? I can't. So I, I'm not doing this with you, Gertie. Okay? We wish Gertie the best in her journey with cancer. And I think she's still going through it. But, like, my heart goes out to her. Like, shout out to you, girl fuck cancer with that you guys thank you so much for listening i think we have a great season of miami ahead of us honestly i think we have a great season of uh miami potomac salt lake beverly hills ahead of us to the point where i'm like damn i kind of wish one of you guys would be a flop so i didn't have to talk about you and figure out how to make this all work but i don't think this is going to happen so it's kind of a blessing and a curse 
So just walk with me on this journey. I'm going to do another bonus episode just in the spirit of BravoCon so we can talk about everything that happened this week. So check that out tomorrow. But um, moving forward, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I'm exhausted. I'm tired, y'all. So <laughs> with that, you guys...